0: Well, hey there guys, welcome back to another episode of the Zeke Said So Show. This is the one only show where we talk about all things movie news, video games, comics, television, and all that sorts of good stuff. And uh, we have a show for you today. i uh, got a lot of cool stuff to talk about, some great Q&A questions that we got here uh, this week. Um, and as well as two movie reviews that we're going to do. Um, and... Uh, yeah, we're just going to... Just sit here, talk about some talk about movies and all that stuff. Talk about the things that make us happy in life. And and movies certainly make me happy and I'm sure they make you happy too. Uh if you're listening to the show, I most likely they do make you happy. Maybe. I don't know. Unless you're unless you're not a happy person in general, then movies aren't gonna do anything for you. <laughs> um But no, we're going to talk about, we're going to review some movies. Now, I should let you know this, okay? So the two movies we're going to be reviewing, I will admit, are uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which I saw last weekend. But we're also, I'm also going to review Fantastic Beast: The Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, However, I am recording this show on Wednesday night and I don't see dumb. I don't see fin. I'm not seeing fantastic beast until Thursday. So what I'm most likely going to do is just cut in a, uh, my, my review. Like when I go and see it Thursday, when I go and see it Thursday night, I'll probably just take out my phone, do a quick little out of the theater review of it, and then just put it on the, and then just cut it in with the podcast. So, um, yeah, that'll be enjoyable for you to watch. That'll be enjoy enjoyable for you to listen to. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll just do that. Um, but then we got some great Q and a questions. So, um, let's not waste any time guys. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, let's, let's talk about everything everywhere all at once. Um, this is a movie that I remember when I saw the first trailer for this movie, I remember thinking, this looks weird. This looks too weird, but I like it. Um, for me, it just looked like something that I probably um, would never see again. Like, I mean, like I'm talking about as far as like, like I don't think any other filmmaker is ever gonna make a movie like this, um, just because of how weird it looks, how bonkers it is and if you thought the trailer for this movie was weird you have not seen anything yet this movie is absolute insanity like i mentioned it on my instagram review um i had talked about it um on my instagram and see if i can bring it up here um but one of the things i i had talked about when I when I had uh, reviewed it on Instagram was that you know it is completely insane and weird, but it is definitely my kind of movie. And it's just it like like there's an entire there's just so many times where they're going you know for, so for, for for those of you who don't know what the movie's about, and essentially Michelle Yeoh plays this woman who um, is married and has a daughter. Um, and she owns a laundromat, but they are struggling. Find- they are struggling to keep that place um, um, to keep that place open. So they go to the IRS, find out they're having a bunch of tax problems, and all of a sudden, another version of her husband comes in from another universe to to let her know that there is a a great danger coming that could potentially destroy the multiverse and this is this basically becomes a movie another multiverse movie that we're getting in this this year and oh my gosh oh my gosh the way they portray all these different universes look I'm excited for Doctor Strange too. I really am. But I don't even think Doctor Strange is gonna like top how batshit insane this movie is. Like, like it just like there's an entire moment where and I'm not gonna get in this I'm not gonna get in the specifics, but there's an entire universe where everybody has uh where everybody's fingers is replaced with uh, hot dogs like that's just like insane it's insane just the amount of lunacy that's in this movie and that's just the that is just like one of the many things that's crazy about it um but on top of being crazy and goofy and over the top and whatever it manages to be very heartfelt and have a really sweet message in it. And I thought that was very interesting. The fact that it was able to balance having this insane over-the-top story with this heartfelt um, emotion to it just really felt amazing. And the action was great. Like, the action was absolutely fantastic. Um, this is uh, one of the movies uh, produced by, that is being that was being produced by the Russo brothers, um, and I gotta tell you, man, what a what a win for their for them and their company, uh, Agbo. Because I'll, I'll admit, man, I have not been a fan of what the Russo brothers have done uh, since Avengers Endgame. I mean, I really liked that Chris Hemsworth Netflix film they did, um, Extraction. I really liked that movie, um, but I haven't really been a fan of a lot of. There are other stuff. Like, I mean, I thought 21 Bridges was pretty bad. I was massively let down by Cherry. Um, yeah, no, I um I haven't been that big of a fan, but but I I'm gonna be honest with you. I was very much surprised by this movie. Just because of how weird and crazy and out of and just insane the entire thing felt while also managing to have a great story now as far as the cast goes like the cast of this movie um let me see if i can find uh, the list uh, michelle yo is fantastic um the uh, the guy who plays her husband uh, i'm about to per- butcher this name so i apologize uh Ki- Huai Kwan quan I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name. Um, he was awesome. Like, he had some of my favorite lines in the entire movie. Um, uh, Stephanie Hesu, uh, who plays her uh, her daughter in the film, is fantastic. Jamie Lee Curtis has some of the most weird, just insanely weird moments of the entire movie. But that being said, she was also really fantastic, um, and uh, an actor who I've actually liked in a lot of different stuff. I mean, he primarily does voiceover work. Um, he primarily does a lot of voiceover work, but um, James uh, James Hong um, was in this film, and he was actually very he was really really wonderful in this in this movie. He plays. Um, uh, he plays Michelle Yeoh's uh, father in the film, and he was pretty good. Like he was really good. He doesn't really get much, he like he doesn't really get that many. Um, I mean, he does become a very integral part, and I won't I won't spoil how how so. But it's weird because in the beginning, at least, it's he kind of doesn't get that much to do. But that being said, he's awesome in the beginning, and then he's really good. Um, the more that as the film progresses, he gets more and more entertaining. Um, yeah, just the cast, all the the cast, all the way around. It was just um, really, really, really good. Um, I um, I gotta say, I w- was shocked by how much I love this movie, like. I'm not even going to, I'm not, I'm I'm not, screw it. I'm not, I'm going to say this right now. This is my favorite movie of the year. And I will be honestly legitimately surprised if any other movie comes out that is better. Honestly, I will be legitimately just like shocked if anything else this year tops it as my favorite movie of the year. Um, now look, I, I, of course I can't really say that until I see every movie this year. Um, but I will say this, I am very happy to see that the, um, the audience is loving it as much as I am. Like, like it's got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, as far as the audience, uh, score, uh, the audience score, the audiences gave it a 94% and the critics gave it a 96 so, it's one of the best reviewed movies of the it's it's so far, I think the best reviewed movie of the year. Um, and guys I, I I'll tell you this right now. If you have not seen um everything everywhere all at once, please do yourself a favor and please go and watch it. It's so great. um it is it is insane and it's weird. But again, for me personally, as someone who likes movies and stories that are a little weird, a little bit crazy, um, I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, heck, you talk about crazy. My favorite movie of all time is the Brendan Fraser mummy movie. So of course, I'm gonna love a movie like this that's just insanely, just goes for it and does not apologize for being like because there are scenes of this movie that are that would be considered very over the top but again I loved it and cuz it's again it manages to be crazy over the top and a little goofy but it also manages to have a lot of heart to the there's they they also manage uh the uh, the filmmakers the directors um Daniels they have basically implemented so much heart to the movie that I feel like the movie is just more than this over the top goofy um, movie. And um, yeah, I I, I want to watch this movie again. I, I'm probably going to end up seeing this movie again, uh, probably Friday night. I'll probably go and see it again Friday night, because I just love this movie so much. It's just so good. Um, And like I said, it's is it a movie for everybody? No, it's not going to be a movie for everybody. But it was absolutely a movie made for me. Um, So I gave it a 10 out of 10 on my Instagram. I stick by it. I've seen it twice now, and I stick by that 10 out of 10 score. Um, I loved it. Every single second of this movie. The movie's two hours and 20 minutes long, and I loved every single moment uh, of that movie. So, yeah. Um, so, now that we've reviewed everything, everywhere, all at once, again, make sure you guys go check that movie out. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do a quick cut, and we are going to hear you guys are going to hear my thoughts on Fantastic Beast. The Secrets of Dumbledore. Okay, guys. So, I told you guys I was going to give you guys my thoughts on Fantastic Beast: The Secrets of Dumbledore. I saw it as I'm recording this on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, I I'll, <clears throat> to put it in context, okay, I have read all the Harry Potter books. I've seen all the movies. And so far, I have not been in love with the Fantastic Beast movies. Um, the first one was okay. the second one was bad. And so I have not been thrilled with this Harry Potter prequel series, and I'm still not. Um, Fantastic Beast: The Secrets of Dumbledore is to me, although it is better than the last one that came out, it's still a bad movie. It's still a bad movie for me. As great as like Mads Mikkelsen is, Grindelwald, Jude Law is as Dumbledore. I, really, the entire cast is amazing and does their and does play their parts well. And the movie, from a visual perspective, the cinematography, the um, the the visual effects, it was all great stuff. But, much like with the last two movies, my biggest issue really comes from the writing. It is incredibly lazy. And it's shocking for me to say that because uh, J.K. Rowling is, you know, I almost said J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, J.K. Rowling uh, wrote the scripts for these films, and, you know... I mean, obviously, she wrote the Harry Potter books. She is a very good writer, but for some reason, I just don't think she. I just don't think she has been able to. Um, well, I can't. I can't remember. I don't even know how to put this. Um, it's almost like she she when she writes a screenplay, she. She's just using the same techniques that she uses to write a novel, you know? And and for me personally, I don't... Now, some people might argue with me about this. Um, writing a screenplay versus writing a novel, I feel like, are two different things. Um, but... I just... Um, I don't know. Part of me... Just wanted more out of it. Um, I feel like this movie um, could have been more fun, and it's just not. Um, Whereas, you know, the the Harry Potter movies, as much as they had, you know, heavy exposition scenes and stuff like that, they still had, you still had that sense of fun, the awe, the wonderment, you know, during like the Quidditch matches and all that stuff. And for me, there's like no fun to be had. It's just so deadly serious. And it's like, and maybe that's because you're missing that, that childlike point of view that the first couple of Harry Potter movies had where, you know, when, when, you know, as, because, you know, that franchise, Harry and his friends, they were growing up over the course of, Eight movies, <laughs> and unfortunately, I feel like it's because these these characters who we're following are all kind of um, are are aren't doing that. For me, it it just feels like that sense of oh, like I, there's no like I think the only time I got semi any emotional, and I'm not spoiling anything because this is in the trailers. Is when the characters finally get to Hogwarts. You know, going back to Hogwarts, that is, that is the, the one moment where I was like, okay, this feels like Harry Potter to me. This feels like the stuff I've been wanting out of the Fantastic Beast movies. But again, it doesn't last that long, and they literally get right back to where they, to where they, what they, what, the, what the franchise has been doing. Um, I will say this. Um a lot of people are gonna wonder how Mads Mickelson did as uh Grindelwald. Um, in my opinion, I thought he was great. I thought he was honestly better than Johnny Depp. Um even though I loved I thought Johnny Depp did a great job as Grindelwald, I just think Mads Mickelson was uh far better in the role. Um and uh Yeah, all all around the cast is um wonderful. I mean Jude Law is really good as Dumbledore. And I'm like I I honestly wouldn't mind seeing like an HBO Max series with Jude Law as Dumbledore. You know but but overall guys um yeah I've just once again I've I've been let down by this uh, series. Um, If they make another one, I don't know if I will go back and see it. Um, Because, honestly, the past three movies in this series, I just feel like have been massive, massive letdowns. And I feel like a part of that is because of the writing. You know, I feel like... And also, I I also think a part of this also goes to the direction of these films. Uh, David Yates has been on this franchise... Gosh, I I don't even know how long he's... I can't even think of how long he's been making these movies. I mean, David Yates has been making uh, Harry Potter movies probably... probably since Half-Blood Prince? Um... I'm looking it up here. Um, Let's see. Let's take a look here. Yeah. No, David Yates has been... Has been making Harry Potter movies... Since Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. You know? He's been just on this franchise for too long and i've always talked about how for me when a director or a writer is stuck on one project for too long i feel like their creativity gets stale and right now i feel like i feel like david gates's creativity is starting to get stale you know i think what they need to do if they are going to make another movie they need to either get one or two things a better writer or a better director someone to come in and really kind of revitalize everything and, and you know take it back to the original Harry Potter films where you had that awe oh, that wonder. I'm not saying bring back like Harry or I'm not saying do another Harry Potter movie I'm, I'm not saying that at all. If you're going to do another Fantastic Beast movie just give us that same that, that sense of awe and wonderment that we have watching the previous films. You know that and because so far they just haven't gotten that yet, and I think a, a, a big reason for that is because of those two things that I brought up—the writing and the direction. I just feel like the direction has just been stale um, for for a while now, and it's just—it's not—it's we're not getting we're getting mediocre movies as a result of it. Whereas with the Harry Potter films, each film was getting better and better as they went along. You know so personally for me um, I don't really recommend you go and see it um, or maybe if you' if you're if you're a Harry Potter fan I would I would recommend you go and check it out because it is it I will say loaded loaded with with uh, Easter eggs and references to previous Harry Potter films. oh my gosh as, as somebody who read, the books. There was one part of me that was kind of having fun, going, "Oh, what? I I know what that is. Oh, I know what that is. I've seen that in another Harry Potter movie before." So, uh, just absolutely loaded with references and Easter eggs. So if I think if you're a Harry Potter fan, I I don't know. Like I I know because I'm a Harry Potter fan. And I didn't really like it, but I think like true die hard Harry Potter fans, like people who have religiously read the books and religiously watch the movies and basically like go to Harry Potter land every single day. Um, (laughs) you're going to have a fun time with, you're going to have a good time with the fantastic beast, the secrets of Dumbledore. Um, but for me personally, I'm probably going to I, I gave the movie a four out of 10 and I stick by that score. So, uh, that will do it for this uh, review guys. Now let's move on to, um, let's, we're going to move on to the Q and A questions. But before we do that, it's time to as they say hear a word from our sponsor. Okay, guys, so now that we've heard uh my thoughts on Fantastic Beast, um, and now that we've had our commercial break, uh, we're going to get right into your guys's Q and a questions. Um, don't forget guys, if you guys want to start sending in Q and a questions, you can do so on my Instagram, or you can also do it through the Zeke said, so website, just go to the Zeke said, so uh, website and you will find the, uh, tab to send, to submit a question to the Zeke said, so show. Um, so Let's go ahead and let's not waste any time. Let's get right into your guys' QA questions. And the first one we got here is Phil Lord and Chris Miller said that animated films deserve respect. Do you agree with their statement? Yeah, I do. Um, look, this is, I have been a diehard supporter of animated films. I've I've watched animated films my entire life. Um, I love animation. Um, I just think animation is one of the most interesting um is the most interesting art form because it's not just and 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 for those of you who don't know what it's i'll give you a little bit of, of the backstory okay basically at the oscars when the three um disney live action princesses were presenting the award for best animated feature they made a joke that said that that essentially made it sound like animated kids were just uh, animated films were just made for kids, and Phil Lord and Chris Miller, um, I think they wrote an article saying that um, uh, that they did not like um, uh, they that they didn't like what uh, they they did not appreciate that joke, and that they um, they want animation to be treated with it's on variety so if you have not if if you want to read the full article i would definitely highly recommend it definitely read it it's the the article is titled Phil Lord and Chris Miller Hollywood should elevate not diminish animation but essentially um uh essentially this is kind of what is said here so i'm i'm going to um I'm going to kind of read from this from this one paragraph here because I think it's key, okay? It says, There are, of course, far more important things in the world and more important things to think about in the wake of this year's Oscars, including some truly high points we shouldn't overlook. Beyonce, Beyonce Compton, Coda, Questlove. But the repeated diminishments of our art form, that being animation, is at the top of animators' minds, We are currently negotiating with the Alliance of motion pictures of of motion picture and television producers to get studios to pay animation workers fairly, especially when animation is such a large and important part of their bottom lines. Look up hashtag new deal for animation to learn more. Uh, And they say during the pandemic, when, when much, Physical when much physical production was shut down, animators began working from home immediately. These films kept our business afloat, which, you know, they're not wrong. Um, animated films uh, routine, uh, routinely demonstrate excellence in photography, designs, costumes, and performance. They are some of the most carefully and cinematically directed films of the year. They have some of the most Intricate scoring and sound designs. Um, This year's winning film, Encanto, had a sophisticated theme of how family trauma is passed on generationally. That many adults with that with and without children can connect uh, connected to on a deeply personal level. Flee, a heart-wrenching animated animated documentary about an about an Afghan about an African re- refugee, isn't kid stuff, and neither are our past nominees. I lost my body. Waltz with Bash- Bashir. Uh, Pers. I'm gonna butcher this next one. Uh, Persila. Persepolis. Um, and on and on and on. As Best Animated Short winner, Alberto um, Mielgo, reminded the audience on Sunday, animation is cinema, a sentiment that bears repeating. Um, Oh, here's, here's, here's one. Um, they mentioned a bunch of uh, celebrities who support animation like Yomo Del Toro. Um, but, uh, you know, say, uh, saying Bong Joon-ho could present while explaining why he listed two of this year's animated feature feature nominees, Flea and The Mitchells vs. The Machines, among his top ten favorite movies of the year. You know, and then it's like which leads and and it all started with this little thing okay which leads us to a simple pitch next year invite a respected filmmaker to present the award and frame animation as cinema so that's when he had talked about Bong Joon-ho um and then he uh, you know Guillermo del Toro who pro- who produces directs and deeply appreciates animation could remind the audience that animation predates cinema with that without the the zoetrope, there is no American zoetrope. Um, Just on it, there's just some really great stuff in this article. I would highly recommend, if you are an animation fan and you agree and you want to learn what these guys have to say about it, definitely go and check it out. It's it's amazing stuff. But, no, I agree. I think lately, especially over the past couple years, animation has just been kind of thrown in this pile of, yeah, animation is just made for kids, and I think the reason why is because we get so many films like Minions, like Sing, that just that are so bland and awful that they, they, they just paint animation in a bad way. Whereas you'll get a movie like The Mitchells Versus the Machines or Encanto, or I mean. Soul, for instance, which will touch on these really deep and heavy themes. But because it's animated, they don't want to give them the same respect that they would a movie like Coda. Or a movie like... um, uh, Let's see. A movie like um, Dune. You know, because, oh, it's just the cartoon. And for me, I... Profoundly, I just I find myself completely agreeing with everything that Phil Lord and Chris Miller brought up in that article. And um yeah, I think animation animation deserves a lot more respect in this uh, in especially today, especially in a post-pandemic world where animators were still working. I mean, animators didn't get to didn't get to just take a break from working. While People who were making live-action films got to take a break. Uh, animators didn't get to. Animators had to keep working uh, every single day, you know? So, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, thoughts on Sonic the Hedgehog 2? I really I really liked it. I liked it a lot more than the first one. Um, mainly because uh, it just gave me more of what I wanted... As a fan of Sonic, like I, it just gave me more of his world and gave me more of the characters within his world. And I just found it more entertaining than the first one. I will say this though, without getting into spoilers, there is a great joke. Um, there's a great joke uh, that is, a, that that calls out Vin Diesel and The Rock. If you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But that joke just about had me laugh hyster—I was I was howling with laughter in the movie theater. So yeah, it was um, it was it was pretty. It was, so yeah, I love I really liked Sonic the Hedgehog too. Uh, Will Smith has been banned for the from the Academy for ten years. Do you think this is the right punishment? You know. When I first heard about it, I was like, I think that sounds a little too much. But then I read deeper into what the punishment actually is. Will Smith's not getting any, not getting any punishment. The only thing that they have banned him for, they have banned Will Smith for 10 years, yes. But they've banned him from going to the Oscars. The dude could still be nominated for best actor, he could still go to the red carpet. He could still go to the after parties. He's just not allowed at the actual ceremony. So really, we're gonna. So what? What the Academy is basically telling me was that they aren't actually concerned about how Will Smith made their made their industry look. What the Academy is speaking to me right now is telling Zeke the Geek, this is how we feel. They are basically telling me it is okay for Will Smith to get on stage and slap somebody in the face over a joke. It frustrates the and, – and it just goes to another example. This – whoever is leading the Academy needs to step down – and they need to bring someone there who will actually do a better job because this is ridiculous. Between what they did with cutting out the the, the categories and then um, the fact that they were getting the most ridiculous people to present these awards, like Tony Hawk was on stage talking about James Bond. What the fuck does Tony Hawk have to do with James Bond? Um, you had uh, Will Smith just get on – just be able to walk up on stage and slap Chris Rock in the face and it's like the academy is now basically letting him get away with it if this was an actual punishment they would have not only banned him from the show they would have banned him from being nominated and they would have also banned him from going to these af- going to any Event that the Academy hosts, including after parties. But they didn't. They just didn't. Anyway, I'm I'm gonna just start. I'm getting more and more heated as I talk about this, so let me just move on. Um, the Morbius writers have joined oh sweet lord. Okay. Um, the Morbius writers have joined the Madam web project. I know you didn't like Morbius. Does this news concern concern you? Yes, it does. Because I thought Morbius was bad. And these are the same guys who not only wrote Morbius, they also wrote Gods of Egypt and The Last Witch Hunter. Now, I will say, the one movie they have under their belt that I have actually loved, not liked, loved, was the 2017 Power Rangers movie. They have written at least one movie that I'm not, I don't just like. I love that 2017 Power Rangers movie. I, uh, I'm going to talk about this on the Web Strangers podcast, so I won't get into too much detail. But let's just say it does concern me. Um, thoughts on the new Stranger Things? Thoughts on the new trailer for Stranger Things Season 4? Um, I loved it. I think this season looks even better than the last. Um, Stranger Things is one of those shows that every season gets better than the last for me. Um, season three had had one little thing that I wasn't a huge fan of. like For example, like season three had that whole storyline with um, uh, Will's mom, uh, Renona Ryder's character. Um, her whole subplot about... Well, it's not her subplot. Her motivation for wanting to get involved in the story was lame. You know, oh, my magnets aren't working. Now I should be involved. It honestly felt lazy and cheap, but whatever. Um, I still love the show. I can't wait for season four. Um, and I can't wait to see these characters again. I love these char- I love all of these characters. Um, and that's the one thing I feel like S- Stranger Things has done very well, was just giving me these characters that I have just fallen in love with now. So um, the Johnny Depp versus uh, Amber Heard trial has started. What are your thoughts? Uh, I quite frankly, just don't care. <laughs> um, I'm just so ready for this drama to be put behind us. I don't care who ends up at fault, whether it's Johnny Depp or Amber Heard. Cause I'll be honest. I'm a fan of both of them. I like both of them as actors. Whether it's Johnny Depp who gets who gets found guilty, or whether it's whether Johnny Depp wins the case or Amber Heard wins the case, I just don't care. I just quite frankly just don't care enough. So there's that. Uh, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul will be in the final season of Better Call Saul. Do you think this is the right move? Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of Better Call Saul, but I do think this is the right move to kind of... It's it's the right move because, you know, at some point, they were going to have to connect Better Call Saul to the events of Breaking Bad. You know, you already have characters like... I mean, apparently... Uh, I'm Again, I haven't watched the whole show. I've only seen the first half of the first season. But apparently, from what I hear, you got Gus Fring in there. Uh, Mike shows up in the show. Um, you know, the show has from what I from what I've heard and from what people have told me, the show has done a lot to try and tie it into Breaking Bad. So having Bryan Cranston and Aaron Paul uh return for the final season um makes sense, you know. So there's that Uh thoughts on the passing of Gilbert Gottfried. Um yeah, no, it, it's it's sad. Um I, of course, will remember him as Iago from Aladdin, uh, but he was very funny, um, and it's kind of sad to hear what happened. So, Um, all right. Uh, Disney is hiding Doctor Strange 2 for spoilers. What do you think will be in this movie to keep it so secret? (sighs) See, that is just so... See, that I just don't know. I just don't know what kind of movie we're going to get with Doctor Strange 2. Because it's Sam Raimi. But yet again, it's just like, I I just don't know. Like, it's just insane that, that they're going... From what I'm hearing, there's rumors going around that Doctor Strange 2 has spoilers that are even bigger than Endgame. And I'm just sitting there thinking, well, dang, what, what kind of spoilers are in Doctor Strange 2 that could be bigger than the portal scene in Endgame or when Tony Stark dies in Endgame or Captain America going back in time and coming back as an old man? You know, what? what is it what is there? What is the big thing to spoil in Doctor Strange Two? You know, it can't be the fact that um, Patrick Stewart is in the movie because we heard his voice in the trailer. We should tell him the truth. Um, it's got to be something huge. It's got to be something huge. So I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, what are your thoughts on the No Way Home Blu-ray having no deleted scenes? Um, Yeah, I'm a little disappointed with that. I just got my my copy of Spider-Man No Way Home on 4K. um, And I am a little disappointed that they did not include any deleted scenes. Um, But I will say this. Overall, I'm really happy with the -the behind-the-scenes featurettes of these movies, of of this particular movie. I'm very impressed with them. Um, I love the Spider-Man Unite feature that they have where where, where it's basically all three spider-man sitting uh next to each other just talking about their experience with making the movie that just feels so awesome um because one of my favorite aspects of no way home was seeing those three spider-men kind of talk and just have a a, a conversation um i loved um the John, the documentary about John Watts. I really love that one because I really think John Watts has done such a great job with the Spider-Man movies. Um, despite me not really liking far from home, I thought he did a, I thought he did the best job he could with that one. Um, yeah, I, I'm honestly very impressed with the amount of behind the scenes featurettes that we got on this Blu-ray. Um, because that's the stuff I like to watch. I like to watch movies. I like to watch the behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm not really a big fan of the deleted I'm not a huge fan of deleted scenes. The two things I look for whenever I buy a Blu-ray are, does it have a director's commentary? And does it have behind-the-scenes featurettes? And if it has one of those two things, then I'll get the movie. Then I, then I will go and watch it. every. I'll, I'll go and watch it, you know? Um and honestly, I'll be honest with you, one of the things that I've criticized the MCU movies for was their lack of really awesome bonus content. You occasionally you'll get the occasional like like the uh uh like they they had the um the director's roundtable on um the Infinity War Blu-ray, which I thought was pretty cool. Um like the Russo brothers' commentaries on all of their Marvel films are are great. Um, yeah, no, I just, I just, for me personally, I just think, um, um, I just think that the the behind the scenes featurettes of the, on the No Way Home Blu ray are just they're they're enough for me to want to go and and back and watch it on Blu-ray. I'm honestly, honestly not gonna lie. I'm so ready to pop in that Blu-ray against just so I can watch those featurettes again. Um, and they're on the digital thing So I, because I got the digital copy code because it comes with it. So I have it on digital so I can just watch them anytime I want. And I'm definitely going to be watching these featurettes again and again and again because I loved the featurettes on this Blu-ray. So, yeah. Uh Okay, Doctor Strange 2 gets a PG-13 rating. Does this surprise you? Not really. No. In fact, actually, it's funny, at Comic-Con uh, back in 2019, when they were announcing their Phase 4 slate, they were talking about how Doctor Strange was going to be the MCU's first horror movie, right? And then all of a sudden, there was an audience member who yelled out, R-rating! And then Kevin Feige just interrupted the guy and went, no, it's going to be PG-13 and you're going to like it. Um... So yeah, I wasn't surprised that Doctor Strange Two didn't get an R rating. Why would it? I like, you know you can get away with a lot in the PG thirteen movie. Just think about it. You can get away with quite a bit in a PG thirteen movie. Just go watch, hell, hell, go watch The Mummy with Brendan Fraser, and think about how many stuff they get away with in a PG thirteen movie. So yeah, I'm not, I, I don't care. Um, all right. Uh, Excited for The Northman? Yes, I am. I love Robert Eggers. I loved his last film, uh, The Lighthouse. Um, And I cannot wait to see what he does with this. This movie looks epic. It looks badass. I'm just so excited for The Northman. Every time I see that trailer in the theater, I get chills up and down my spine. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Um, All right. And, ladies and gentlemen, the final question is... Favorite end credit song in a movie. Oh, that's a good question. I there's so many. Um I love forever may not be long enough from the mummy returns Um, I stand alone from the scorpion king is a great song to play The the movie's trash, but I love the song that plays at the end credits of that um I really love the Nickelback song that plays at the end of Spider-Man. And they say that a hero could save us. I'm not going to stand here to wait. Um I, But that's just, I mean, personally, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I've never shared this. I don't think I've shared this on my podcast. I like Nickelback. I'm a big fan of Nickelback, so I don't care. Um, I'm not afraid to admit it. So, um what other ones? I mean, you got the you got the Disney and credit songs. Um I love, you know, here's one that I really love. I love um I see fire by Ed uh, Ed Sheeran. Uh Ed Icy Fire from the Hobbit Desolation of Smaug and uh, The Last Goodbye from uh by uh, Billy Boyd, um, which is also which is in the Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies. Both of those are fantastic um, and credits songs. So, all right, guys, well, that will do it, uh, for this episode of the Zeke said, so show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, don't forget guys, make sure you guys go check out all the great stuff we got going on, on the Zeke said, so YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast and share it. Go check out the Zeke said, so website, follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, both at Zeke said, so, um, Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Zeke Central Show. And if you like this episode, please make sure to share it and subscribe. I think I should subscribe to the podcast feed because Zeke the Geek said so. And ladies and gentlemen, I will talk to you guys later. Peace out.